We're going to go to a hard chapter in Scripture today to look at the anatomy of an inappropriate relationship, because these things happen. And when I talk about this, I want you to understand I'm not talking about a physical assault where someone is taking advantage of someone and hurting them. I'm talking about two willing people going into a relationship that is forbidden by God. There is such a thing, and when that happens, there's a lot of things that go wrong as a result of such a choice. Welcome to Keep the Heart Podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker known for sharing biblical insights that are practical and inspiring. Now back to today's valuable study. The anatomy of an inappropriate physical relationship is clearly outlined in Proverbs chapter 7. The word anatomy has more than one meaning, but in this case we're talking about the study or structure or, or the internal workings of something. We're looking at the internal workings of inappropriate physical relationships, whether it's fornication or adultery, whatever the relationship is that's outside of the bounds of where God meant for a physical relationship to be, which is in the bounds of marriage. Proverbs chapter 7 is a complete study, and it's actually a very hard and sad chapter, but it's a necessary study. It's one that we don't want to skip over. You need to have your Bibles open to Proverbs chapter 7 to go along in this study because you'll see all of these pieces together. It'll probably be easier for you if you follow along. This is probably not one of those episodes that's good to do on a walk. (laughs) It's probably better at a table with your Bible open and Actually, that was a nervous laugh because this is not a funny episode. This is actually a very hard episode. The Bible describes someone called a strange woman, and it's described in Proverbs 7, 5. It actually starts, the whole chapter opens with telling us that we need to keep God's words and lay up his commandments and keep his commandments and keep his law as the apple or the pupil of our eye, and that we're to bind it upon our fingers, write them upon the table of our heart. That's how the chapter opens. It's saying, hey, guard the scripture with your life. Know it, live it, and memorize it. Then it goes on and says, embrace wisdom. Call wisdom your sister, your kinswoman. We see in verse 5 that it says that they may keep thee. Wisdom is the they that these, these things that we're binding upon our fingers and writing on the table of our heart, these scripture verses, will keep us from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Now, verse 21 mentions flattery again, but flattery is a power tool we should not take lightly, and it's one we should never be employing on other people to gain something for ourselves. So verses 6 through 9 basically go on and show how the person seemed to be walking the street near her house, it says in verse 8. In other words, he seemed to be aware that he was entering a zone where he was putting himself in the path of temptation. I don't know if you've ever heard this saying before, but there's a saying, a quote that says, when fleeing temptation, don't leave a forwarding address. This person in this chapter was giving temptation an open door. And so then he got what he wanted because verse 10 says, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. She had a uniform that identified her as a harlot. 
We have so many debates that go on today about clothing, and we have so many arguments that come up about clothing, and people are pretty defensive about the issue of what they wear, really defensive. Could I just urge and give you a gentle plea here? Would you please consider what your clothing says? Not only what it says to other people, but what it says about you. Because clothing does identify us, and don't tell me it doesn't. You can't say that a police uniform doesn't tell you that's a police officer. Uniforms identify us. Our clothing says things about what we do and who we are. I really think there are so many times in life where we need to pull back and examine our thoughts about things and lay down the defensiveness and just go to the word. Now then it goes on in verse 11 and says, She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. The beginning marks of this strange woman in this passage show her as a person who really just calls her own shots, makes up her own rules, and is very classic Old Testament after the fall of man. And every person did what was right in their own eyes, and it didn't matter if they were male or female. And actually, I'd like you to look at this chapter through the lens of not just the woman, but also men, because we all know that there are men and women involved in inappropriate relationships, not just the woman. The word picture here, the scripture picture here is of the woman, but it doesn't leave out the man, and a man is not exempt. Now, when we look at verse 12, we see now she is without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. And this is what we're seeing today in our culture. The strange woman or exposure to people who are trying to manipulate, entice, and tempt in a wrong way are at every corner. (laughs) One human being can't be at every corner, but several human beings can. And so this just means we are really radically overexposed these days to people who don't have good intentions. And now we get into the anatomy of this inappropriate relationship. Verse 13, so she caught him and kissed him and with an impudent face said unto him. Now we have to stop there before we hear what she said because we need to notice here that physical boundaries were crossed. And when we talk about the anatomy of an inappropriate relationship, we have to understand that part of what goes wrong is people cross boundaries. We all have a human desire for contact. In and of itself, it's God-given, but it needs to be in bounds. Well, Francie, what about an innocent little side hug? Oh, I agree. My goodness, we love the brethren. But a full-on body, I'm pressing into you, hug, that's for married people. And we need to understand that if we cross physical boundaries, we are going to run into problems because there will be a physical response. Let's just not be dense about this. Let's not pretend we don't understand these things. Then we get to verse 14, which says, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. You know what that is? A thinly veiled attempt to sound spiritual. When someone's going to set you up to do something wrong, they're going to try to make it sound okay. It's fine for us to do this. After all, we're both, we're both Christians. We've paid our vows. We, we've been to church. We pay our tithes. We do what we're supposed to do at other times. That attempt to take a coating of paint and make it look better than it is, That's just putting paint over rust, because underneath it's corrosion. Be careful when someone's trying to put spiritual paint on sin. At verse 15, 
we hear, Therefore I came forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. This represents the behavior of a hunter, and this is what's going on in our day too. People are actually on the prowl for someone that they can trap for their own purposes. And we've got to be really careful that we don't fall into the snare. What can make us vulnerable? Loneliness, a lack of attention, too many compliments. Remember we talked about flattery? It's going to come up again. There's a lot of things that can put us in a head space that's not good, not healthy. And if you're in a marriage where there's not the proper love for each other, like Christ loved the church, you could be very vulnerable. So don't fall for this. I've been looking for you all my life. You are the one that's missing. Be so careful. Verse 16 says, I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. You know what those are? Traps. And then 17 and 18 are tied together where it talks about the perfumed bed. And come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. There's a verbal lure. Who doesn't want to be loved? Do you see what a snare this is? And do you see that it's right here in Scripture? So we can't say, no one ever warned me. Proverbs chapter 7 has been in the Bible since the Bible. So the only reason we wouldn't know is if we just didn't read it or if we read it and ignored it. This is clearly a verbal lure. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. So let's do in the dark what we won't do in the day as sin likes to do. Men love darkness because their deeds are evil. But then let us solace ourselves with loves. There's no solace. There's no comfort in this. Anything that is ill-begotten is not going to make you comfortable. It's going to rob you of peace, and it's going to make you tormented. You'll live in constant fear of getting caught, and then one day when it all blows up all over you, you'll wish you had never walked into this trap. Then we see in verses 19 and 20, For the good man is not at home. He has gone a long journey. That's a sign of a relationship that's in neglect. If you're in a relationship where you're apart more than you're together, sit down and talk about that. See what you can do to improve the time that you get to spend together. But I'm talking about the everyday life people working long days and then going to the gym instead of coming home or hanging out with friends instead of being with your spouse or adding so many things to your calendar that you're constantly in your car going somewhere rather than ever in your home. You didn't marry someone so that you could be ships that pass in the night, did you? The human soul desires that human depth of contact and really an intimate knowing of each other. God meant for the marriage to be much deeper than a casual relationship. And so if we're going to be in a marriage relationship, we don't want to neglect it. Verse 20 says, He hath taken a bag of money with him. He will come home at the day appointed. Once again, we see neglect and way too much time alone. And when people are alone, they get lonely. Lonely equals vulnerable if we're not taking that loneliness to the Lord. Now, I've battled loneliness before, so I know what that beast feels like, and I know what kind of muscles it has. But I also know that greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. So I know that that beast has to go down 
if I will take my prayer request to God and say, Lord, this loneliness is suffocating me. He is so quick to sweep in and take care of his own. But if you try to take a human and put them in the place of God, you're going to get an epic fail. Too much time alone can't be fixed by just plugging any human into the spot. And that's what the people in this story in Proverbs 7 were trying to do. They were trying to fix their problems their way, which was not God's way. Now we're at verse 21, a dangerous verse, which says, With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. Once again, we see the power of flattery. With the flattering of her lips, she was able to break the man down. A man can break a woman down the same way. All he has to do is tell her she's beautiful. She's so desirable. He wants her, only her. Oh, you meet my needs. Oh, you're the person that I've always wanted. And on and on and on. All of that is flattery. And out of bounds of the relationship of marriage, anyone who is trying to talk to you like that is really just trying to gain something from you. They're trying to gain access to that sacred part of you that is meant only for the relationship of marriage. Treat people like that as what they are, suspects, and give them a really wide berth. That means lots of space between you and them because you're going to get hurt if you let them in your inner circle. That's exactly what happened in verse 22. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. And then verse 23 says, Till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Are you hurtling towards a trap that's going to destroy you? I can tell you this, you won't recognize the trap until it puts its teeth around you and then you'll know you're in it. Do not, do not fall for flattery. Anytime someone's saying something to you to try to get something from you, run! Flee for your very life. Don't run towards the trap. Run away from it. Otherwise, that dart is going to strike through your liver. You're going to be in the snare, and you're not going to realize it, but all of a sudden, it has destroyed your life. This is such a pivotal chapter. If you've never studied Proverbs 7 in slow motion, it's painful, but it's worth going through. You want to know what the anatomy of an inappropriate relationship looks like. And then you're going to want to ask God to help to keep you from going into this relationship. Your prayer can be like verse 25. Verse 25 says, Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. Women, let not your heart decline to his ways. Men, let not your heart decline to her ways. All of us need to be very careful here. This can actually be a verse that becomes a prayer. O Lord God, protect me. Let not mine heart decline to ways that will drag me down to destruction. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. Visit the shop at keeptheheart.com for Bible studies, books, and more, along with Francie's conference event calendar. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.